Today on Lockdown Red Wings, the Wings fall below 500 point percentage for the first time all year as they are shut out by the Philadelphia Flyers. Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty's the host over at Lockdown Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, I said it in my cold open, guys, the Red Wings, for the first time ever this season, have fallen below 500 point percentage in their 3 nothing loss to the Philadelphia Flyers. And it's a bit of a it's a bittersweet feeling because one, on one hand, it took until March 25th, 2023 for the Red Wings to become a below 500 hockey team and points percentage wise, which is really the real one. Let's be honest. And that's a good thing because that's better than it was last year. But it just this post trade deadline slump has just hit so hard for the Detroit Red Wings. And Scotty it was the game against the Flyers was a snooze fest, buddy. It was, man. See, I, I think I said this last time too, but like, stop me if you've heard this before. The Red Wings can't win in Philly. You know, it's like been the uh, one of the cursed places for the Wings to play for the better part of what twenty years now. They've yeah. barely won there for the last two decades. Um, so yeah, I mean, I I don't think everyone was necessarily shocked that the Wings laid an egg in Philly, but um, as far as on paper, these two teams go. It certainly is a little bit of a surprise. The Red Wings, even post-trade deadline, have pretty comfortably a better roster than the Philadelphia Flyers. And, um, you know, Philly will be Philly in, in, in the eyes of the Red Wings, I guess. It was just the Red Wings, it felt like they sleptwalked through the first period. I mean, yeah. at five on five, Scotty, <laughs> the Flyers had an expected goals for percentage of 97.26 in the first period. They had a Corsi four of 80%, 12 shot attempts for to three shot attempts against in the first period. The only reason the Red Wings, the shots were even close at the end of the first is because the Red Wings had a power play and then a double minor power play in which they failed to do anything. It, it just felt like, and this is a trend. It feels like the first period well, it's not completely true. I want to catch myself before I say something that's false. They, they Recently, they've been coming out flying at the start of the first periods, but in this game, they absolutely didn't. They, it just felt like they, they had fallen asleep behind the wheel, and they kind of slept walk their entire way through this game. I thought they, they were better in the second and third period, but they still weren't good enough to score goals, clearly. And, you know, we'll talk about it, and I think some credit goes to the Flyers and the way they play defense, and Carter Hart, of course, but... This, this Red Wings team, Scotty, they just they just solely lack a goal scorer, like a pure goal scorer. They don't have one. And in games like this, that's where that guy's gonna gonna win you hockey games. And there's just or there's even just no get guy. put on the freaking board, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we that this is something. Uh, I mean, if you're if you watch or, or listen every single day like this is something i've been saying for months now like since since the early point in the season this has been a concern of mine for the better part of a calendar year now like this you're right you're exactly right this team doesn't have uh hey nothing's finding the back of the net nothing's falling 
Who are we going to give the puck to to get us out of that slump? Who's the guy we turn to when we desperately need to just get on the board? That that player doesn't exist on the Detroit Red Wings in, in, its, uh, in its current form. So that'll be uh, something to circle for this offseason. Maybe we do like early in the offseason, we do like a, like an offseason wish list for an episode or something. The, the problem is, again, is we, we, we looked at We've already done an episode where we kind of looked ahead to the free agency just because we were frustrated at the lack of goal scoring. And there's really nobody on the free agent market this year that's going to stellar class. Not that you want to shell a ton of money out in free agency for a goal scorer because that's like the worst route you can go in terms of, you know, getting that final piece because you're going to way overpay. But you look at your system and right now you look at your depth. You know, the best center that you have coming up is Marco Casper. And you know, he might make the NHL roster this year. He will make the jump to the NHL or not the NHL, the North America, North America yeah. uh, in the off season, but there's no guarantee he's going to be ready. And his ceiling. I mean, a lot of people think he's going to be the two C. And so he's probably not going to be the guy. Carter Mazur, NCAA he's dominating or was dominating until their season ended. And we'll talk about college <laughs> hockey tournament a little later too. But I just, you look at their system. It's hard to see anyone in their system. Who's going to be that, dominating force so you're, you're left with you know trade that's the the one one route the red wings can go but you're gonna have to give up a lot to get a go- get that guy in some sort of trade and plus there's not a lot of guys or a lot of not a lot of teams who are going to be in a let's trade our young goal scoring superstar mode you missed the boat last season with uh to bring god they gave up nothing for him that one still frustrates me but just this is just one of those games scotty where you, this team just needed that guy who could put pucks in the back of the net and they didn't have it. And there's so, there's a lot more that went on in this game. And honestly, there's a lot that preceded this game that even helped lead to this outcome, but it was just a frustrating, frustrating game because the flyers are not a good hockey team. And then you had six minutes of power play time in the first and got absolutely dominated. It's just unacceptable. Yeah, no, it, it is. It absolutely is. And you, you said it earlier, you know, the post, the post-deadline blues are definitely in uh, in full effect for the Detroit Red Wings the remainder of this season. Um, at, you know, f- slipping under 500. Like, it's, it's all – this was supposed to happen post-deadline after trading away who we traded away, but um, that doesn't make it any – more enjoyable <laughs> and this game is is certainly kind of the the poster child or the biggest way to highlight that feeling and and yeah you know for philly specifically like that's that's like you said you are a better team and when looking at the game itself and we've said this for a couple of losses in a row now it's not like you got dominated it's not like you looked absolutely horrible. It's not like you got outplayed or outclassed. You just lost. Like you just couldn't put the puck in the back of the net. You're not going to win too many hockey games when when you put up a goose egg. Like that's well, really hard. Just to be honest, I'm gonna, I don't know if you know this, Brian. It's very hard to win hockey games <laughs> when you get shut out. And it, it it wasn't due to the Red Wings getting dominated. Really? Yeah. There you go. There's and, a there, there's a was that Corsi? That's Corsi. Yeah. That's uh, at five on five throughout the game, obviously where you see it flat lines and you see that color streak, that's a power play for any particular team. You brought up a really good point, Scotty. They didn't get dominated. They got dominated at five on five in the first period, but like not by a ton. It was, it was low offense for both teams. So like those percentages are based on a small sample size. Neither team really did a lot in the first period. And then in second, you see the, you know, the flyers had a lot of opportunities. The the better team in the second. 
Well, yeah, look at it. So here at the end of the first is where that it became skewed. The Flyers finished the first period really strong. But the second period, the Red Wings really started to come alive and started to really pressure the Flyers and Carter Hart. And then, boom, they gave up a bad goal. Like, and this is crazy how much that turns the tides. Because the Red Wings had 60% of the Corsi 4% or Corsi chances shot attempts at five on five in the second period. They, they were the better team, but then just boom, bad goal given up. It's just, it's frustrating. And it just continues. The team has no goal scoring. So it's, they, they're basically knocking on a door, pounding on a door for 20 minutes, 10 minutes, and nothing goes in. And then the other team comes back down the other way and immediately scores. (laughs) And I'm not even going to talk bad about Nadelkovich in this game because I thought he had a pretty damn good game. He actually, in fact, he had a, a goal save expected of exactly one. So he was a pretty solid game, a damn solid goalie for the Red Wings in this game. And they needed that out of one of their goalies, but the team just can't put up goals. They just, they're just pounding on a door for 20 minutes until they give up a goal themselves. It's mind numbing. These games are mind numbing. (laughs) They're frustrating. God, I'm glad I had a beer in my hand. That's all I have to say. (laughs) That was the saving grace watching that game. Um, I guess when we come back, we'll continue talking about this game. I guess, I guess maybe talk more of a little bit about the goaltending and the one player I thought had a pretty good game. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. This next partner is a product you got to use literally every day. Start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods, sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. To help you start your day right, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all the things. It's lifestyle-friendly whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Little Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues, and he ended up on a supplement plan that cost him over $100 a day. So you created Athletic Greens, and it's going to cost you less than $3 a day. It's cheaper than your cold brew habit, and it's an all-in-one nutritional insurance. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. That's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Uh, I started talking about Nadelkovich. I kind of mentioned Carter Hart, Scotty. I don't know where you want to go from here, um, but I'm going to kind of just I love let Carter you take Hart. it away. Yeah, I know you're a big Carter Hart fan, so go ahead and <laughs> shout him out, baby. He had a good game. Yeah, he's good, man. And like, it, it's crazy because his season numbers, he's got a goals, uh, he's got a save percentage rather over 900, like pretty comfortably at this he's point, 908. over 900. He uh, won his 20th game before the Wings game. I think his 20th win was against the Wild just um, in, in Philly's game before Detroit. And he's still so unbelievably young and they do not have a good defense. Like if they just put, a league average to, to like, can you imagine like the future of, uh, of that like blue line and further back, like netminder and, and blue line there of Carter Hart plus like a decent defense that could actually turn Philly's 
kind of like rebuild around really quickly. Like they wouldn't be a prolific offense, but like that, you know, it wouldn't be giving up too many goals. And so I think that's really kind of the future of that organization, unless something you talked about on Friday, they say, screw it, rebuild 2.0. This isn't going anywhere. And they, they trade Carter Hart, which I guess is a conversation for an off season episode, but I, I just, I'm, I'm so fascinated by how talented and young that kid still is. Yeah. And what's really frustrating is cause he's talented and young and he's on a team that just with a, well, now they fired their GM, but they're on a team that doesn't understand the direction that they're headed. Right. So yeah, they don't they're going to, they're going to the waste thing. his prime like, years spinning a wheel. So they either got to right. move him or dedicate to a rebuild. So you can at least get some good years out of Carter Hart. You wouldn't want a Jimmy Howard situation where you have a good goalie, but the team's sliding backwards the entire time he's in net, and then he ends right. his career as some kind of scapegoat. I'm a Jimmy Howard defender. Sorry, guys. Um, so we know he had a really good game. Um, I talked about how Nadelkovic had a goal saved above expected of one. He had a goal saved above expected of 3.79. So I just whipped my pen across my screen. Um, <laughs> it was it just, I don't know how that happened. My point being here is, again, I, I just want to hammer home the point that the Red Wings had they had opportunities. Yeah, because I don't want to call it a good game. But they, no. they did have opportunities. They did bring the pressure. The, I think the Flyers did a really good job in their defensive zone of, and Mickey Redmond even mentioned this, of kind of taking away space from the Red Wings players, not giving them space to make plays happen. But he made saves when it matters. And uh, they had opportunities. Now, again, if they had that goal scorer, it might have been a different story, and they don't have that guy. I love Dylan Larkin, but he's, like, not a 40-goal scorer. He's going to be like around slightly below a point per game player who's a great two-way center who can make things happen from time to time. He's he an extremely valuable asset. Yeah, be a 30-goal scorer probably by the end of the season. But he's not the 40-goal scorer. He's not the pure sniper that the Red Wings truly right. need. Um, and without that, they're not going to score enough goals. And the only – and it doesn't help too. So it's kind of – And not to – I'm not trying to to insinuate anything here, but like – don't you think that Larkin's production would go up even more with like oh yeah a solidified goal scorer too right like yeah. wouldn't wouldn't you think not like his assists obviously especially if they're on the same line like duh but don't you think like his goal scoring would go up too don't you yeah. think you could add like three to five goals onto a like normal Dylan Larkin season if. They had a, a, a threat that was greater than him to score goals like that he was sharing the ice with. Like I, I we talk I about agree. depth so much and the importance of it. And that's just another iteration of that point is like you're you, you if you push everybody down, you know, half a peg, then you're, you got a pretty darn good hockey team there. But you need. you need, And again, I, I've said this a million times this season. I'm not asking for like an 100 point a seasoned player. I literally just want someone who I would like that though. Well, yeah, of course. I'm <laughs> <laughs> not, not, I'm not, not asking for it either. Um, but I, mostly it's, it's like, it's just the goal scoring. Like we have playmakers, we have dynamic skaters. Like the, there's a foundation that truly is there. It's just like, there's really, there's no prolific goal scorers on this entire NHL roster. And that's really, I think, I think the, the the biggest thing they're missing, especially on the offensive end. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And the other thing too, as you mentioned it, you know, pushing everyone down a peg. Well, right now everyone is playing up a peg because they are pretty obliterated with injuries. And you know, it's crazy. Wasn't because that crazy how like they were, and then like they two weren't. Weeks, <laughs> they weren't, and we were like, 
Oh, look. <laughs> we think we did a whole episode on how they were finally healthy. Yeah, they're, we were like, they're, they're healthy. Oh, oh, my goodness. This is actually the, the like, going into opening night expected fully healthy roster. And then that lasted, like, four games. Yeah. And then now we're here again. Then Rasmussen went down. And then... Uh, Robbie Fabry went down. Then Ben Chirot went down. Now that's Zadine hockey. Is out. Like that's, that's, it is. that's why you have depth. Like that's that you're never, that's always going to happen. That's never not going to happen, yeah. but you know, it does when, hurt. When it, when it, <laughs> yeah. When a team is, is in the position that the wings are in where you're right in the middle and like it really, depending on health and night to night performances, you could break either way in the standings on a night to night basis. That makes it, a little more obvious. They yeah. have trotted out this season in the last couple of few last few games. They've had trotted out a Chison Luff Zarnik line, and all three of those guys have played most of their season in the AHL. And again, I mean, those Respect are good depth pieces to have on your roster to be able to call up. And we've praised that before. But to be so banged up that you haven't have to have an entire line filled with just fringe NHL guys that you had sitting as depth in the AHL just proves how depth banged up you are. And again. You know, Zadina on his own isn't going to save a season. Sherrod on his own isn't going to save a season. Rasmussen on his own, although I do really miss Rasmussen. He's having a great year. Isn't going to save a season. Neither is Fabry. But all four of those players coming back is a bona fide NHL player, regardless of how much crap we sometimes talk about in, you know, those individual players on any given night, and particularly two. But there's still a better option over you know, not and again, no disrespect to Zarnik Luff. In fact, I thought Zarnik's been having a in his limited ice time in his sheltered minutes. I think he's been playing great ever since his call up. And so same with Chison. But like they're they shouldn't be up, you know, that your your team should be healthy. But this is just the game you play. And so that hurts too in games like this when you're trotting out. And you know, this brings me to the guy I thought played really good in this game, and that's Jonathan Bergren. He played two thirds of this game with Zarnik and Luff, and he made them look way better than they were pretty much the entire game until he finally got promoted to the third line. And they put Chison down on the fourth because their line blender got out in the third period. So I thought Bergen looked good. I think he and Zarnik were leaders on the team and expected goals for percentage. However, you know, whatever that means for this team in this game. Yeah. Zarnik had a 94% expected goals for percentage. <laughs> and he only had seven minutes of yeah, I was five gonna on say, five. Was that six minutes. Yeah. Yeah. He only had seven minutes of five on five. So let's get too excited. Um, Kubelik, Bergren, Chison, those are your top four players expected goals for percentage, but they all had less than 10 minutes at five on five. So extraordinarily small sample size. It was, this is one of those games too, where like, yeah, they don't have any finishing potential, but man, are they shallow on their depth in this game as well? Yeah, hundred percent. And that's something that this off season, I, I think we can look to again, like last off season, if you remember, we, when we started signing these kind of depth players and the two way contracts and the AHL contracts and whatnot, we, we pointed that out and we were like, Hey, this is, you know, for, for depth's sake, this is important. Like these aren't, you know, super sexy signings that everybody's going to freak out about, but you know, come, come February, March, when you're three dudes down because of injuries, you know what I mean? This is the, these, these are the the players that got to step up. And um, this is we're we're seeing the fruits of that labor, I guess. And this yeah. off season, this upcoming off season will be uh, another not test, but like, we'll keep an eye on that again. Like who, who's going to be kind of the depth pieces uh, yet again for the second year in a row. Yeah. 
And, you know, Joe Valeno was given an opportunity to step up himself. He got, uh, he started the game on the top line. Yeah, top line. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah and I don't think he looked particularly great out there. No. Uh, <laughs> no. Playing on the wing with Larkin and Raymond. Uh, but it was nice that he got the opportunity, I suppose. I'm all but... for that kind of stuff the rest of no. the season, though. Like, he seriously, did... like, that's the last, what do we have? Like, eight games left or whatever? Like, just. Too many. Do that every night. Just like see, put Bergren up at the top line. Like seriously, like what are we? Why not? Why not give? You know, play. We're, we have nothing. We're not tanking. We're not making the playoffs. Like just give some some playing time and and put some people in some situations that uh, maybe will will be a reason for or a cause for their development or whatnot. Like just just go out there and try some stuff. Although after these two losses, now they have the ninth best odds. At the number one overall pick, five whole percent. Wow. Yeah, go for three and a half to five. Let's go, baby. Uh, yeah, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we'll wrap up our conversation on this game. Uh, but first, I got to talk to you guys today about Bill Bar. I knew it. Hey, dude, I have a question. <gasps> no, <laughs> no way. <laughs> No way. I was oh, yeah. literally going to ask you. I was like, have you tried the churro bill bar yet? That's crazy. Have you eaten one yet? I did try one yesterday because I was curious. I do like it. But... And it changed your life. Yeah. So we're going to we're gonna eat this bad boy right now. it changed your life. And take a couple bites of this bad boy. So, yeah. Uh, if you as you guys know. While, you should have just let me do the read if you wanted to eat while we, we were doing it. I'm just going <laughs> to. I don't have it pulled up now, you weirdo. <laughs> I, oh. I hope it's good, though. Just, oh, I mean, it's chocolate yeah. and cinnamon yeah, <laughs> and a marshmallow. It's so no, good. You get to a point where you try a churro bill bar and you go, wow, I remember this date. And there was a time before I tried this. And then there's the rest of my life, which is better. So funnily enough, you know how we always tell you guys on the Bilt Bar Reads that you can obviously order from Bilt.com. But now they're at Sam's Club and they're at Walmart. Yeah. Well, in the read, it says that you can get the brownie batter or the churro at Sam's Club. Well, Allison happened to go to Sam's Club with her mother the other day, and she Love found it. a box, and she goes, do you want me to get you some? I'm like, well, I got I to gotta do something for Scotty. <laughs> Dang right, baby. Should I got to try ASMR? a churro built bar. Should I do some chewing ASMR right into the mic? Just Please don't. <laughs> They're so good, though, man. Mm. For real. They're unbelievable. It's Again. easily – and, like – We've been, we've tried, we've been sent, we've bought like other flavors before. And there's some obviously incredible flavors, but the churro one, that that's different, man. So this one, this one in particular has 140 calories. It's got 14 carbs, 17 grams of protein, and just two and a half grams of fat. I mean, you can't beat those. And li- like literally guys, these are broken with how good they are. Yeah. It's so a cheat code. It's a 13 bar box at Sam's Club. Or you can go to Walmart, get a couple four-bar boxes, and, of course, Built.com. Highly recommended because 100% real chocolate. This is the puff, so it's the marshmallow. Again, cinnamon, chocolate, and marshmallow. Like, how can you go wrong? It's it's ridiculous how good it is. So, yeah, Built.com. Or Sam's Club and Walmart. Always got to add that in there, too. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Maybe the best read we've ever done. That might be the greatest Bill read we've ever done. (laughs) Didn't even read a single line. I'm so... (laughs) Glad that you finally tried it. The gasp you had. So, guys, he legitimately didn't know I had that. That was. <laughs> yeah. uh, I wish I, I was that good of an actor. Yeah, no. Yeah, well, you're not a good actor. We know that. Uh, trust me. I know. 
So, Scotty, uh, in regards to this hockey game, Edvinson did not play. Yeah. And well, yeah. a report came out, right, that yeah. they were going to try and basically sparse his games, his nine games out across the rest of the season because he's already played three, so they don't have to burn a year on his ELC. And I get that. It just sucks because you want to see him every single game, and instead you get not Edvinson, which is not as good. Edvinson yeah, is better yeah. than no Edvinson. For sure. I, You know, I – it's we already knew we've been talking about it a lot like they were probably going to find a way to make sure that he ended the season with exactly nine games played right like <laughs> eating ridiculous <laughs> with exactly they are good with exactly nine games played like we knew that that was going to happen we we made that very well known when he first got called up that that was still likely the case and um yeah you know reports and rumors confirming that is yeah, all but confirming it. Like that's that's what we had before. So now it's just confirmed, and we know that uh, they're probably going to spread out his games. But we don't have too many games left, so at least you know it's it's not the last time we'll see him either. We'll see him a few more times before the season ends. Yeah, absolutely. So it just stinks because you kind of get a preview for next year, and you're really excited finally about something after yeah. the de- trade deadline. And it's like you might not even get him. Every call game, up other but... people. Yeah, a sign Carter Mazur. I, I, want, I want Johansson, man. I want Is I want to see yet? him in a winged wheel before the season ends. I hope he gets healthy. I don't know if he's uh, healed. I still, again, yeah, right? I, I, I think they won't because of that. I agree with you. I think it's, I think there's, uh, with the injury and whatnot, it's going to be very difficult to do see- at this point. But that was the one that uh, him and Edvinson were the two, whatever, a month ago when we had the conversation that I really wanted to see, but. Did you see the massive hit that Donovan Sobrango laid out uh, yeah, the dude. other day with the Griffins? It was guys. How about Lombardi, by the way? He just keeps scoring. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's Amadeus Lombardi. But so, <laughs> he I, just I, keeps scoring, dude. Flint is an electric factory. That's crazy. I know uh, Cider had a huge hit on Lawton in this game against the Flyers as well. Like, just I, I tweeted out, like, he looked like he killed the man. It was yeah. crazy. And then. Lawton slashed him in the back of the legs a little bit later. And it looked like it would maybe be a little, maybe a little bit of an embellishment by Sider to draw the penalty. And so Lawton came back later and was after the penalty was called and like grabbed him by the collar and was like jerking him back and forth, trying to get him to like retaliate. Right. And I love how Sider is just, he's a monster on the ice, but he has such a calm mind that he's like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to give you what you want. I'm not going to also get a penalty. And then, right. then Wallman came in and hugged him and just prevented him from doing anything else. A lot. And that was, and I love that from Wallman, the, the forethought to make sure they get the power play that they would do nothing with. Um, but that Moritz Sider also is just like, he's a, he's a massive shit starter, but he's got such a calm mind. Like he knows, he knows how to draw it out of people. He's so good at it. So that's, that's a, such an underrated part about Moritz Sider, I think. Absolutely. Well, yeah, so I think the Sider IQ is the big selling point. I'm trying to find where... To find Toledo's, I know I'm like all over the place. Where Toledo's win streak snapped? Because I know they just won last night at the time of this recording, five to one, and they were like, "Let's start another streak." They were like 17 games at one point. No, I track. yeah, it was it. They pushed 20. I think they fell just short of 20. Um, golly, and Kosa's just been an absolute monster. Yeah, he's been really good. Well, so has uh. Letheman, I think, is the other goalie. Yeah, they, 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 it's the guy they signed to a contract as well because he's been really good. 
his his numbers are fantastic too. A lot of obviously Costa's been getting a lot of the praise because he's the prospect, but Lutheran's been great as well. Um, they hit well, eighteen, I believe. Well, while you do that, I think it's eighteen. I, I'll update the people on the college hockey tournament. Dude, what a weekend. Big Ten domination. That's what it is. Big Ten domination, dude. Penn State, what was that, 8 nothing? 8 nothing over Michigan Tech. Destroyed, right. Over a, a good Michigan Tech team, obviously, year in and year out. Um, Ohio State routes Harvard. Uh, Michigan, 11-1 to final for U of M, I want to say. Over Col- uh, Colgate, they had to pull the Red Wings prospect Guy Lander. And then they had to put him back in in the third period because the other goalie was getting shelled. Right. Yeah. Absolutely insane. And then it was Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and um, who was the other Big Ten team? Who am I forgetting? Ohio State. I already said Ohio State. Michigan, Minnesota. Ohio State, Penn State. Minnesota. Minnesota, dude. They're yeah, already, that was yeah. the other one. Just they've absolute already, route on their end as well. They've already advanced to the semifinal next weekend too. They beat. Yeah. Uh, so they beat Canisius nine to two. And then today they beat St. Cloud state today as in Sunday, uh, four to one. That so game as well. The, the Canisius game was so weird because, uh, they were, it was like a relatively close game in the first period. Like it was like, like kind, I don't want to say even necessarily on like play, but the, in, in the, the goal column, it was a close game. And then like a couple minutes into the second period, uh, there was a five minute major and like you score a goal. No, right. No, uh, power play doesn't end. So Minnesota, the number one overall seed just got five on four for five straight minutes against a team. They're much better than, and just goal after goal after yeah. goal. And by the end of that five minutes thing, then the the route was kind of on. And yeah, by the end well, of it, they obviously ended up dominating. But yeah, Big Ten supremacy, definitely the story of uh, uh, Big Ten supremacy and Denver losing, the two biggest stories of, of the weekend. Yeah. Well, and it's funny too. So I follow the Michigan hockey Twitter account and just the amount of notifications I'd be getting for goal, goal, goal. It'd be like 12 seconds later, now a Rucker McGrody score is like, wow, like holy, that's crazy how much they've been. Um, right. how good they've been, but the Big Ten as a whole, obviously. So if Ohio State wins against two-seeded Quinnipiac uh, today, as that game's, as of recording, this is half an hour away from starting, that means you're guaranteed a Big Ten semifinal between the winner of Mi- Michigan and Penn State and Ohio State. And then you have Minnesota in the other semifinal as well. So you have really good odds right now. There's As of recording this, there's one, two, three, four, five, six teams remaining. And four of those six teams are big 10 teams. You have a yeah. really good chance of having at least one big 10 team, if not both in the national championship, unless everyone gets knocked off in the quarter and semifinal, which I guess is possible. Who did you say be... Michigan played Michigan plays Penn state. Right. Yeah. I think it's in Allentown too. Uh, I believe so. Yeah. So that'll be, that's basically a road game for Michigan. So that'll be yeah. uh, interesting for sure. But I, I don't know, man, anytime you give me a, a small chance of a Michigan OSU natty for anything, I'm going to be pretty, uh, pretty pumped about that possibility. So how about Scotty? Let's shift gears real quick. And we end the episode with something we have not done in a long time. Oh, well, that's the wrong league. Is that the basketball one? Yeah, let's see if the Pistons no. get Wemby, baby. Dude, if the I'm Hornets down. win on Sunday, that means they lock up a 14.5%. They lock yep. up the best Give odds. Give me Wemby. 
21 be all right look at the san jose sharks lost nine oh they're really all in baby <laughs> all right let's see how many times it takes the red wings to jump from ninth best to first best and just to give you see pick odds i want to show you guys this so the red wings as a whole yeah, this can is only jump up they have a five percent chance of jumping from five to first a five and a half percent jumping from uh ninth to second and then they can't go up three four five six seven or eight they can only after that they can only stay pat or drop right obviously Either you best go to the top two you stand pat or do you drop at least two remember that changed after the red wings got screwed correct yeah so, super fun stuff which i mean worked out because laugh hasn't done much but i think that's more of a rangers problem because they have failed to develop both capo caco and lafreniere correct it's crazy dude how are they so Combo's imagine draft how, profile was crazy. <laughs> it's it's amazing how good like they're already so good on over a hundred point team. Yeah, yeah, and they're young too. How good they can be or could have been if those two players had been developed yeah. the way they should. Can have. be, yeah, still young. Yeah, but so okay, let's start simming this. There's the first roll stayed at nine. The second roll stayed at nine. Third roll nine. Fourth roll nine. Fifth roll nine. Sixth roll ten. Seventh roll. Second. Okay, we're getting closer. That's Fantilli or Mitchkov right there. We're, we're, not, we're, we're not ending until we're at number one. Eighth roll? I forget what I'm on, already on already. This is going to be an hour-long Nine. episode. I, no, we'll, we're going to get it. Nine. 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 Ten. Damn it. Nine. Ten. Nine. Why are you sounding surprised? You have a 5% chance. I, I don't even know how many rolls this is at anymore. I'm just spamming it until we get one. We're not ending this episode until we get one. This is we're gonna be here literally all day. I'm gonna edit it. So that one was eleven again. That one yeah, was eleven we can, before we can the drop two. all the way to eleven. If two teams move up, that means the wings could fall are gonna fall to eleven. They have a they can fall all the way to eleven. Crazy, right? Um, second again, man. Just give us that. Give us that one. Come on. Wow, the Capitals just jumped up 10 spots. I'm going to think of a fun story I can tell while you just do this because we're going to be here a while. We're not ending the episode till we get one. Oh. Um, I was at uh, – so I, I – this morning, full disclosure, I was on an airplane. There it is. Okay, boom. <laughs> I don't have to tell my story. Let's go. <laughs> we made it, guys. Connor Bedard, here we come. Wow, that yeah, that was first try. So yeah, totally. I'm editing it down, so it's that's the first try. <laughs> uh, okay, so I guess this is good. I, I, we should we need to end the episode, but this is a good example of why I'm not pro tanking. Like, yeah, right? Well, cool. Again, now they're like, at five percent. If, 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 if you're if we were the Ducks and had the fourth worst record, yeah, I'd be rooting for losses. But like, we're too we're too far removed from that. We're not gonna. Like, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Why tanking is pointless at this point because it took like 30 rolls to get the first overall. It's, it was yeah. just, it may, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not going to work. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, unless, what, what's the, how protected is the Islanders pick again? It's top 13 protected? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, 12 or 13, something like that. Be nice if the Islanders just barely missed the playoffs. That'd Correct. Be, that'd be nice. All right. Uh, any final thoughts, dude? We ball. All right. We'll be back with a new episode tomorrow, previewing the game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. So make sure you stay tuned. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.